1: So let's just quickly go through this, Ryan. Just the best position groups on the schedule, and then we'll do the all opponent team. This is going to be very interesting. The backfield—it's yeah. Ohio State, and it's not. There's not a number two. If there was a, if there was a group, a team that I was going to say is number two, it would. If we we're going to do a number, you know, so there's no close to number one. Mm-hmm. I think there's more of a debate for two between who's two and who's three, and it comes down to USC and Boston College for me are the two that I wow. would have a debate about. Yeah. Because you've got Bill Drkovic and, and Patrick Garwo at BC, right? You've got Caleb Williams and, and Travis Dye and those running backs at USC. Who else would be in the conversation for you? Am I missing somebody that that should be on there? No, no
2: that that was my. So originally I was thinking Syracuse, but that is you know when we're inclu- including quarterbacks, backfield that's where includes the quarterbacks. Separation right. happens. Yeah, right. that's where the separation happens. I think USC is an inter- so. I think USC is probably the one that I would pick just because, I mean, Caleb Williams, I think is good. And I do like Austin Jones and Travis Dye for what they can do role wise. And and I think that they're being hopefully in a better situation than they both were in last year, if I'm being honest. But we'll Mm -hmm. see.
1: I think that the part here's where here's where it gets interesting. Number one, USC has more depth at running back than B.C. That's where I think I give the edge to to USC, and then of course yep. we talked about the quarterback situation. I have Caleb ahead of Phil right now, but I could see Phil being in that conversation. The other thing is they both have major question marks on the offensive line, but right yes. now BC or USC at least has a couple proven guys in Nealon and Voorhees. and so that's mm-hmm. why I go. But I think if we, I, but my point is, by the end of the year, I think we could be having a, a conversation about this. But that's my two and three. Uh, because of, like you said, like if Rashima Ali was there, we could maybe talk about Marshall. If Grant Marshall could have been in this conversation in the top if five Grant or Wals six there, if Grant yeah. Wells and Rashima Ali were both back for them. Sure. They they sure. would have been in that conversation.
2: Someone said someone said Clemson guys, DJ Uyungle just threw nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions right. like that's just it's not a conversation yeah. right now. Does he have the talent? Sure. Sure. And Will Will Shipley is a very talented running back, and they actually have a decent backup to him and Kobe yeah. Pace. But like, I think Will Shipley is going to have
1: a very yeah. good year this year. I do. I think so too. I I think he's a good player. But I just I'm not a DJ believer. I'm just I'm just not. I've never Gotta been high on him. I just and then he's not. He didn't look good in the spring. Now I could say, hey, who cares about spring games? But the problem is, in the spring, we saw exactly what we saw in the fall, where yeah, he's trying late, to throw hitch late. routes and he's sailing them like you know eight late. yards deep into the sideline. Did you, see neuratic, that one? Man. Did you Late see that neuratic. one hit she threw yeah. in the spring game? I mean, over, like, literally like to, to the sideline, right? Yes. I mean, it was just over
2: the guy's head. It, was, yeah, like, it yeah. might,
1: yeah. it might not have been a hitch. It might've been a stop route, but like, it was like somebody caught it like three, four rows deep on the bench. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that is bad. Now maybe that changes and it's better, but I just, I can't go there. I can't. Yep. And Garwell was more proven than Will Shipley. I mean, I, I, I don't scream for a thousand yards. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a good football player. They just mm-hmm. need somebody to kind of step up and, up front, that's going to be the big question mark for BC is, is what happens up front. But right. I'll tell you this, you know, if, if, if we're talking about ranking these units on what they were last year, BYU would have been in the top three for me Without with the, the kid that they had last year at running back. Yeah. He's gone. Obviously yep. he's in the NFL now, but, uh, but they had a really nice dynamic one, two punch in the backfield last year for, for BYU, which is why they had what five wins over power five teams last year. Mm-hmm. So that, that, Wait,
2: Brian, Brian, did we just overlook in this, ohio state do we no, just over they were number one.
1: Oh, we yeah, were number
2: one okay i'm sorry yeah. I, I thought we forgot to mention that but no no no, no. i cool. mean they had the number, <laughs> number one they two, had the start they two, had the
1: quarterback yeah. and the running back
2: on, yes, was yes. Like,
1: there was no option for number one it was like gotcha. okay ohio State's number one the conversation i said ohio state's number one and there is no discussion about that so I, let's talk I, about I, I who's I two miss, three and four
2: yeah i missed that first step got <laughs> it got it
1: yeah we have the quarterback ranked number one on our list we have the running back but they don't have the best backfield Uh, that would be one of those ones where all of you would have to hit the unsubscribe button because we'd be idiots if that were the case but no ohio state's one we were debating who would be next number two on the list yes correct correct
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The Black Velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French Roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. you got to give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and trade's human powered algorithm. will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, They'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Best receiving core. I actually think this is debatable. And, and and here's where it is debatable. Are you going to go mm-hmm. with proven production or potential? Because if you're going to go with proven production, I don't think it's debatable that it's USC because Jordan Addison can, can match Jackson Smith and Jigba statistically, right? Mm-hmm. More catches, I, I think a sli- a slightly more touchdowns, fewer yards, Maybe. correct? Yeah. yeah uh, I, so. I think it was like 15 to 14 or something like that. I'd have to go back and look at ja- Jackson Smith and Jigba's spe- specific statistics. Let me actually pull those up here real quick. I, I think Jigba only had eight, eight He had nine. Yeah, nine. he had nine. And Jordan yeah. Addison had 17. So that's a big jump. Uh, sure. Janice, Jordan Addison had 1593 and y- Or excuse me, Jordan Addison had 1593 in yards. Jackson Smith and Jigba had sixteen oh six, so they're close. Jordan Addison had more catches. Now the ball was being spread around more at Ohio State than it was a pin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you've also got Mario Williams coming back at you U- from USC, who not coming back, but transferring over from Oklahoma. He was a five star kid that you know caught what thirty balls for th- three hundred some yards last year, which is more yep. production than what the Ohio State freshman had. They also get Terrell Bynum coming in from Washington, who I think is a good mm-hmm. football player. Uh, you know, he's a kid that I think adds depth to that receiving core. He had 26 catches for 436 yards last year in only eight games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a kid that I think is, is a good player. As a freshman in 2019, he had 31 catches for 368 yards. You know, that kid's got almost, you know, close to 1,000 yards career career yards there. Uh, and then you look at the Brendan Rice kid from Colorado, who's, uh, who, who's to me, probably Talented. fourth on that group as far as proof of production, but a kid that has some ability. You know he he's he's a quality football player. Had 21 catches for 299 yards last year, six for 120 the year before that. Again, all that production is more than Marvin Harrison and Emeka Egbuka and Julian Fleming, right? Significantly more. So if you're going to factor in proven production into this group, then I think you go with USC. If we're just mm-hmm. going to go on God-given ability and talent and potential and project to this season, then I think that's where the case for Ohio State becomes very strong because I think just a God, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is a, is a much better player than Jordan Addison, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Marvin Harrison is the most talented of all the receivers on either team of just Agreed. raw talent, even including Jackson with the Jigba, just raw God-given ability. His production's not there, but you've heard me make this case at Notre Dame. I don't care about proven production in regards to saying, well, that guy can't be something. Will Fuller went from six catches to 1,000 yards in soft freshman to sophomore. Gold Tate went from six catches as a freshman to 1,000 yards the next year. I think Marvin Harrison has the most God-given ability. And then, of course, you've got guys like Emeka Ibuka. You've got Julian Fleming. You've got the incoming freshman class that's really good. So I think if we're going to go pure projection, I'm going with Ohio State. If we're going to factor in proven production, then I would have to go with USC. So I wanted to give fairness to both of those debates when we look at who's got the best receiving core coming back this year.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and it's, it, I, I would be okay with either side of the coin. I went with Ohio State because I am projecting more. Mm-hmm. And I'll be very honest about that. I also do think that, you know, Caleb Williams is a good football player. I think he's going to have a really nice year, but you also do have CJ Stroud coming back, which doesn't hurt your cause. You know what I mean? And I, I do right. think also Ohio State's offensive line should be better than USC as well. So there might be some more time to throw by, by and by all a lot. that good stuff. Yeah. Yes, by a lot. But
1: state. Ohio State's also going to play much better defensive competition than also usc true so that's if we're gonna true. talk it like statistically there's just but see that's the thing that makes it fun right is, is we can yeah. have a debate here for sure but the moral of the story is notre dame secondary is going to begin and then the season against a couple really good receiving cores there's no doubt about that neither it's have great tight ends as of right now no. that is the one no. thing that you know, uh, I saw
2: I saw Cade Stover was named
1: captain for yeah. Ohio State. So yeah. that was interesting. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. His, his cousins his,
2: cousins a good football player, his by cousin's the way. Probably one of my time, favorite every,
1: players in the 2024 class.
2: Every time I get a chance, I'm going to talk about Garrett Stover. Yeah. Every anytime he gets me a shot. So yeah,
1: he's probably one of my favorite. He he might be my defensive version of Jaden Osprey this year. Like, just that that's, dude. I'm like, I don't, yeah. you know, maybe there's other guys I'm going to rank higher, but that's just the dude you got to get, man. That kid's just a football we're, player. We're going we're
2: to agree on him. We're going to definitely agree on yeah, him. Yeah, there's yes. no doubt.
1: So, best offensive line that name is going to face. This one we had a little bit of a, you know, it could go either way. We went with Ohio State because of just the raw ability, the raw talent. You're going to have, you're going to have, uh, I think their starting left guard is going to be Jackson, right? I believe he's going to start at left guard if I remember, if I've heard that correctly. So- He's yeah, the, it's gonna be Jones, so, Jones, and Jackson. Right. I, I can't remember Matthew which Jones. Right right. Which I think left. Matthew Jones is at right guard, and I think Jackson's at left guard. I believe. Or not, you you could it, be right. I can't remember. I, hold on a second. I, I I always get the I always get him confused with the Campbell kid, and I think I think it's Jackson. I always get him and Devin Campbell confused. So, Don, Donovan
2: Jackson's the one that's gonna start because I Donovan Jackson. Okay. Are, I always Ohio get him State and fans yes. Jazzed over Donovan yeah. Jackson right now. Okay.
1: So him and and I think it's Devin Campbell. The kid that went to uh, uh, Texas are are two kids whose names I constantly constantly get confused. Devin Campbell was in Texas's class last year. Donovan Jackson, Ohio State. I always get those two kids confused. Gotcha. Uh, Donovan Jackson's left guard, Luke Whiplert, center, Dewan Jones. Who I don't th- I don't think Dewan Jones is that good, to be honest with you. But he's still a solid player, at least. But he's I think he's to. the fifth most, the fourth most talented, guy, maybe fifth most talented guy on their offensive line. You know, so the talent's there. It's just can how quickly can Justin Fry get it together and find yeah. the right combination? But I I, you know, I think I think it won't take long for Paris Johnson to be an upgrade over Nicholas Pettit Ferrer because I just don't think he was very good last year. Agreed. I don't. I think their line's gonna end up being pretty good. I, this, I've said this before. If you look at just the Notre Dame Ohio State matchup, I think Notre Dame matches up very well for a lot of different reasons. But what I've mm-hmm. also said is Once you get out of September, I think Ohio State's going to be really hard to beat. Because I think their offensive line, the more experience it gets, as you kind of get the new young receivers kind of up to speed, as you, as you, as the defense gets more experience running Jim Knowles system, I think by the end of the year, like if you if you haven't knocked Ohio State out of the playoffs by November, you're not Mm -hmm. going to. Right. I just I don't see it. Like, and that's the thing, is like if you're going to get them it's going to have to be early. And unfortunately for the big 10, I don't, I don't think there's anyone on Ohio state's schedule in, in the first two months in the conference that can beat them. Now, if you talk to Ohio state people, there's like three or four teams that are better than Notre Dame, which is just absurd on their schedule. I mean, it is just, I listened to a show yesterday. Of I listened to a show and it's, the host is someone who I have a great deal of respect for. And one of the guests was just looked really uncomfortable with all the 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 circle jerk that was going on on that show with some of the people, but it was just like Notre Dame doesn't belong here. Basically, some guy was bringing up like some game that happened in 1996. Well, hey, the last time Ohio State Notre Dame came to Ohio State, and I'm like, yeah, you had Orlando Pace, Eddie George, and like Notre Dame <laughs> sucked. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what what are we? Lou Holtz was the coach in that game. Like, what are we talking about right now? You know, they they didn't belong there. But uh, my point is is that really. If Wisconsin or Michigan State don't beat them in the first six games, I don't see them losing a game in that league. Penn State at Penn State's the only game that could be exception, and the only reason I say that is because Penn State, for whatever reason, just seems to play Ohio State tough. It doesn't matter yeah. how mediocre they are; they just battle Ohio State tough. But I think I just don't think they have the athletes this year on defense to stay with Ohio State. In my opinion, I just I just don't. Yeah. But a lot I, of turnover on yeah. the defense. Yeah, but I think after that, I just I think I I just think. I think Notre Dame's really the only team that I look at, and I feel that they have a shot to really athletically somewhat hang with Ohio State and then mm-hmm. have the the talent in the, in the trenches and then have the dynamic playmaker quarterback. you I don't think you're gonna beat Ohio State this year with a drop back quarterback that just sits in the pocket and picks you apart. I just you're gonna need a quarterback that can make some plays and put a team on their shoulders. I just think that's what's gonna be needed. Let's go to uh, I, I think the other team in the conversation, however, is BYU. I, I do think BYU mm-hmm. does because I think BYU's line is more proven than ohio sure. state's line i just think the talent is where i go with ohio state but i do think byu needs at least a, a mention as a they they deserve to be like i mean two of their starting offensive linemen are in our conversation for or, or in our first team all opponent team look right defensive yeah. and, and do we want to talk about stanford getting honorable mention for at least having the most talent even if their offensive line is terrible if we're just talking about talent, then
2: sure, we can always throw them into the
1: conversation. Man. I mean, they would you two... argue they have the second most talented offensive line on the Notre schedule? Just God given ability? No, I, w- I don't think I would argue that. I'm just
2: like thinking in my mind. I mean, <laughs> I, I I mean, I could I honestly could argue, and I, I this is probably be a hot take, I guess, but like Paris Johnson is incredibly talented, but I, I wouldn't say that he is uh, incredibly more talented than like Miles Hinton is. If I'm exactly. being honest, like exactly. I think they're in the ballpark.
1: Yeah, and Walter Rouse has. Crazy tools, in my opinion, but just poorly coached. Let's go to the defense, Ryan. Best defensive line on the schedule. There's no debate here. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It's Clemson. And it's not even like that's the best defensive line of college football, in my opinion. If they're healthy, it's the best defensive line of college football. Linebackers, we went with Clemson here. Uh, and and a big part of the reason is not Trenton Simpson being the best linebacker they're gonna face, it's what's around him. You know, Barrett Carter was a really talented player that I think is going to be a bit of a breakout player. That was mentioned in the chat as well. I think Clemson's linebacking core this year is not going to be as as experienced or as it's been with like James Skalski and some of those guys. But I think this is going to be the most athletic linebacking core they've had in several years. Even you go back to like the 2018 defense, Trey Lamar was just like a 250-pound thumper. They had a yeah. good. They had Isaiah Simmons, but they're they're two inside linebackers. They were they were productive and good. Like Mike Jones, I think was was Mike Jones. Did he start on that 2018 defense? I don't think so. I don't think. so. I don't so. think so. I don't think. I'm trying so. to remember who it no. was. It was Tray Lamar and somebody uh, else? 30, it was number 34. He was
2: a, uh, Joseph Kendall Joseph.
1: Yeah, they were nice players, but like they benefited from having the best defensive line in college football that year uh, in front of them, right? I actually think this linebacking core could be really good, you know. Uh, so. I it's mean, it's, it's really, uh,
2: this is, I mean, I don't think it's a hot take, Brian. Like you said, you had James Skalski last year. You had Balen Specter yeah. both good football players, but like not incredibly athletic. Yeah, right
1: Great, great, at, great leaders and all that yes. kind of stuff. But all
2: yeah. the cliche things you want to say about them. Like they were, they were those dudes. I mean, they were in the Ben Bolware type of talent level right. we're talking about just from athleticism.
1: Right. And That's Clemson's won what... titles with those kind of guys. Sure. I mean, good football
2: players, right? Absolutely. They
1: won a title with Trey Lamar. They won a title with Ben yeah. bolware
2: but I'll say this is whether it's Barrett Carter or it's Jeremiah Trotter jr. Whoever is like the, the,
1: or Keith McGuire or right
2: McGuire. Yeah. Whether it's one of those guys, whichever one of those guys is the Batman to Trenton Simpson's Super uh, to (laughs) Superman. (laughs) Let me rephrase. Whoever is the Robin to Trenton Simpson's Batman. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. It's going to be a really athletic linebacker crew. Like if you're, Second best athlete at linebacker is Barrett Carter. You're, you're doing all right, man. Yes. You're in a pretty good spot yes. there. Trent Simpson is a freaky dude. Barrett Carter is a pretty freaky dude too. So, yeah. And Andrew McGuire is not a bad little little athlete as well. So they yep. they got some athletes on that second level, no doubt yep, about
1: it. No doubt. Where in the past it was one great athlete at linebacker with Isaiah Simmons, and then just you know good. Kendall Joseph was a decent athlete, you know, but he was small. Yeah. Right. Yes, and Trey Lamar was not athletic. He was huge, which is why he didn't get drafted because he was, he, was, he was not he was athletic. A def-
2: he was a defensive end playing yes. linebacker, man. Yes. It was so weird. Yes. Was so bizarre. But it was
1: fine because and it was fine in that defense because they just I mean, you couldn't block their interior guys. And and he was just able to kind of thump and play between I mean, they just let him you're a you're a, just a trash cleaner upper. You're just gonna be a thumper in the middle, and they did the same thing with James Skolski. James Skolski was more athletic than Trey Lamar was. Yes. But not a, not like, like I said, like what we're going to see this year. I mean, like I said, even their backups. I mean, I, I would argue that trotters of the group's guys we mentioned is probably the lowest athlete on that group. I mean, Keith McGuire is really athletic. I just don't know. Yeah. You know he's He's got to show me he's got the feel for playing defense, but he can run. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so best secondary, Ryan, this is where there's going to mm-hmm. be some probably pushback from us. And that is going yes. to be, we're going with, we're going with Syracuse as the best secondary, and that's going to surprise some people, but they are, they got all their starters coming back. They have athletes and they can really play. They can really play.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they have, I would argue, Brian, that they may have the best. I mean, maybe not the best in the country, but one of the top cornerback tandems in in college football. I mean, you have Garrett Williams, who's an excellent football player. We talked about him already. Deuce Chestnut last year was a freshman all American. He did had a really nice season last year. I don't know exactly what to expect from their safeties, but like they have five guys that have played a lot of football right. coming back and a transfer, I think that's coming in as well. So, I mean, you could have went with Ohio state because they have more names, but like, if you're talking sure. about just better football players right now, I think Syracuse has multiple guys that are better players right now than Ohio state has.
1: Well, I mean, and, and the one thing about Syracuse last year is their pass defense was actually the only, like the best part of their team last year. they ranked 26 in the country last year in pass defense. Uh, and, you know, I mean, and they they were let's see here they were around the top fifty in yards allowed per play or yards allowed per attempt. The problem with Syracuse the, the their pass defense this year is they've got to they've got to start making more plays on the ball. That's the one thing that I need to see from them is they got to start making more plays on the ball. But I will I will go with Syracuse on the secondary this year. I think they have a really good secondary. If they can get anything from their front seven, then I think then I think this is this is going to be the best secondary. I would, I'd probably, I'd probably put Ohio state two. I think North Carolina's secondary is going to be much improved this year. I think, I think they're going to have a, at least an athletic secondary this year. We'll see, kind of, we'll kind of see how we, how things look after that. So next we're going to do, and we'll do this kind of once Ryan gets back is we're going to, we're going to go through and, and talk about where Notre Dame's players would stack up if we were to do an all opponent team. So, Until he gets back, y'all are just going to hear my picks. So for me, uh, if let's so what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of look at the all opponent team, and we're going to say who would who would we take out and then add in if we were going to include Notre Dame. And I think there's some obvious ones uh, that you're not going to do. There's no discussion at quarterback. There's no discussion at running back. uh, There's there's no discussion at wide receiver. As much as we think Lorenzo Styles may. He's got a long way to go before we're talking about him in the Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs conversation, right? So we're not even thinking about that one. Uh, tight end is a no-brainer. Michael Mayer's on that list. Uh, here's here's interesting. Do you how many of Notre Dame's offensive tackles do you take on this list? And which I, one, if you can only have one? I don't. Th- I don't think I would put them on the list right now. Mm-hmm. If I'm
2: being honest, okay. like I, I don't think I would. I think that because. Again, it doesn't all. It, it past production isn't the only thing that matters, sure. but like I also project Blake Freeland and Matthew Bergeron, at least in my opinion, and Paris mm-hmm. Johnson included in this as well. I think they could all be one of the better offensive tackles in college football next year. Interesting. So, I mean, I'm, I'm putting wise, Blake Fisher
1: on my list over the kid from from Utah. I am. I'm excuse I mean, me I over. Am. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Paris Johnson. Excuse me.
2: Oh, over Paris Johnson. Yeah. Got, it. Yeah. got it. Got
1: it. Got uh, it. Paris Johnson was really good last year. I think Blake Fisher's a star. This has nothing to do with Paris Johnson. I just think he's a star. Now, the conversation would be okay, Yeah, he's a right tackle. He's, but it, that's not kind of, we're not getting that into the weeds where it's left, right, you know, that kind of thing. Well, well you I wouldn't think,
2: let me include Paris Johnson in guards. So maybe we should. I don't know. No, it's
1: a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. Uh, I'm going Blake Fisher over Paris Johnson just because I think he's going to be a better player. But mm-hmm. if somebody were to say, no, no, you got to keep Paris on there. He's more proven. OK, that's fair. You know, now now more proven at, at guard, but yes. not not at offensive tackle, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah. I think you could also make a case for Joe Alt to be the guy because of. You know, because First he is more proven point. And, He was yeah, he's more yeah. proven and a really good pass rusher last year. I so think, I'm going to I'm th- going to go there. Cause I, cause I
2: guess I, I care a little bit more about past production. I guess I maybe shouldn't. So like, maybe this is a fault in my thinking, but I think if you, if you ask me which one of the Notre Dame offensive tackles, I would try to include in the list. It would probably be Alt right now over Fisher. Although mm-hmm. I think Fisher is going to ultimately be the better football player. Joe Walt is just more proven. And also I think he's going to be very good, you know? So it's yeah. like the combination is, is kind of where yep. it gets tough.
1: Yep. Let's go guard. I think this one is easy as well. We would both keep Andrew Voorhees on the list. Correct. Yes. yes. And then okay. we would replace uh, Clark Barrington with Jarrett Patterson. Yes. Right. That's is right. That would be. I am. Yeah. I, I could see by the end of the year, somebody could make a case. Maybe Zeke Carell breaks out and he's better than, than Luke Whippler based on what we've seen in the spring. But Luke Whipler is a, a very proven, even though he's young, he's a very yeah. proven player to me. Zeke Carell would have to play really well before we'd be talking about taking him out. And then if Zeke, if Jarrett Patterson was still a center, I would take, him, no <laughs> take him over Luke Whippler with all due respect. And then I put Barrington back, but we're projecting to what they're going to play this year. So I'm leaving Luke Whippler on my list. He, again, we talked about earlier, really steady player. Zeke Carell's flashes are every bit as good as mm. Luke Whippler's The problem is Luke Whippler from the moment he was inserted in that lineup has just been a steady player and Zeke yep. Carell has been very much this, even as a center in 2020. And until he can yep. be like Luke Whiplash, that steady guy, I can't I can't, I can't, can't really have much of a discussion putting him here. And the only reason we're having the discussion is because we are a Notre Dame show and we're discussing the right. Notre Dame players and how they'd stack up.
2: Yeah, no, the, I the, agree completely. The, Jared, Jared yeah. Patterson's a
1: no-brainer. Whether it's a yeah. guard
2: or a center, it doesn't matter. He's a right. no-brainer on this list.
1: So Patterson's a no-brainer. Michael Mayer's a no-brainer. I think the mm-hmm. debate is the tackles. Right. Yes. That would be where the debate is Agreed. defensive defensively. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. The defensive end conversation is an easy one. If we can include Notre Dame's guys and, yes. and like Isaiah Foskey and Miles Murphy, that'd be one heck of a defensive end combination. right <laughs> they're, all,
2: they're both very similar yeah. to man. They're both like yeah. stupid long yeah. and can play for multiple alignments. And yeah, yeah, that would be scary. I, I
1: do scary. think Miles is more of a natural power player. So like, or power end, I should say not a power player, but a power end. Than Isaiah, yeah. so I'm not. I'm not talking about how they play, but the position. So you put Miles at big end and Isaiah at Viper. Uh, you know, in the Notre Dame defense, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that it's all day. Good. With all due respect Decent. to Riley Mills, uh, but I'll be honest, with you, I'd take Riley Mills over some of the other guys that I had to consider for the defensive end position. But I'm not going to go there. Uh, it's Isaiah <laughs> Foskey, defensive tackle. I think is also a no brainer for me. It's mm-hmm. it's Brian Breezy and Jason Adamiola for me. With all due I respect guess. to the kid from USC, it's it's those two are no-brainers for me.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, definitely based upon the production from last year. But, right. like again, I'm I'm kind of projecting that Tyler Davis is going to get back to where he was. And, I mean, last year, Jason Amalola was a better player because he just was available right. more than Tyler Davis. I mean, that's a point-blank period to it. So, yeah, Jason Amalola would definitely be on our list. Yep uh
1: linebackers an interesting one i'm leaving trenton simpson and michael jones on there there's, there's yeah i wouldn't like
2: Mar- maris could be there but like he's got to prove it. it he's yet. got 20 yeah, yeah. some
1: career tackles i just yes. i can't go with any of the no notre Dame linebackers on there even even at mike where jd bertrand was more productive last year than jackson sermon but i think mm-hmm. jackson sermon's production was more about uh, or be i say tactful. not production but yeah just more consistent more steady He was a Mike. He didn't have a lot of talent around him. You know, I just I just kind of feel like, you know, like their their total production was kind of similar. If you look at it from the individual production, not the assisted tackles, but sort of the the individual tackles. I mean, you know, if you if you look at it uh, last year, J.D. had 63 solo tackles in 13 games uh, and Peter Sermon had 60 solo tackles in 12 games. Uh, Peter had four tackles for loss. JD, I think, had seven. Correct, seven. Uh, sack numbers are better. Pass game numbers are about the same uh, between the two. I just think Peter Sermon is a more natural Mike, right? More proven Mike, and JD is not. And I'm, and and so I could see JD or Maris being on there at the end of the year, but I just can't justify putting them on there right now because those other guys are are more proven, uh, and and to me are, are just, I mean, the product, I mean, you could take the two best games that Michael Jones had last year, and that's more career sack, that's more career tackles than what Maris Luafel has first career. Exactly. So, talent wise, go ahead, Ryan. No,
2: I was just going to say, Brian, like, this is the, the talent comparison versus the what right. we've seen comparison and what right. we can project easily. Because, yeah. like, you could project Maris being a dude, but, like, also you can also project that Michael Jones is going to have a hundred something tackles, you know, like he's going to be a good player. Like he already did that.
1: He's already done that. Right. I mean, so like if, if I were to say to you, Ryan, this year, Maris Louis is going to come out. He's going to stay healthy. It's The biggest thing he's going to have 110 tackles, 13 tackles for loss and four sacks. You're like, wow, that's a great year. Like, well, that's what Michael Jones did last year. Exactly. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where he's at for me. Now that production would actually outshine Trenton Simpson you yeah, know, from a total tackle standpoint, but, but I think to your point, I think him playing, I think, I believe he's going to play more a little bit he's playing, inside he's well. this year. He's correct. Well. So I think that's going to, yeah. you're going to see his tackle numbers jump way up in my opinion. 100%. I don't know if Trenton Simpson's going to have the same number of tackles for loss as he had last year, just because of how he's being used. Hmm. Um, you know, he had 12 last year. He could, I'm not going to be shocked by it, but I think the sack numbers go down a little bit. He had six last year, 12 tackles for loss. But that's just more about a usage difference as opposed to uh, he's not as good in those areas. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if he still has 12 tackles for loss. I mean, so those are the kind of things that you look at, Ryan, and you have to say, yeah, Maris could be really good, but those mm-hmm. are two really good linebackers.
2: Right, right. If, if this was a conversation where there was just like a bunch of eh at linebacker in front of him, I would be yeah. like, okay, I'd be more willing right. to project. But the fact of the matter is that you have two proven football players yeah. in front of him, right? Like, the, I mean,
1: it's. Just, the question yeah. is can one of those two guys outshine. Jackson Sermon. That's going to be the conversation at this point. In time. Right.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: Safety uh, also a no brainer. I think the debate you and I would have is who gets replaced. So mm-hmm. both would have Brandon Joseph on there. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're gonna take away Daniel Scott, or I mean uh, P- Josh Proctor,
0: yeah. right for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I would take out Ronnie Hickman. To be honest with you, I would go with Daniel Scott and wow, and yeah, and and uh, Brandon Joseph. I really like Daniel Scott. I think he's a really good football player. I need to watch him, man. I need yeah. to get eyes on him. Yeah, and corner it doesn't change. Uh, I for me, I think Cam Hart could be that guy, but yeah. Cam's got a lot to prove still, you know. And and the thing is, I think Cam's one of the ten best corners in the country. Mm. I just think so is Garrett Williams and Caillou Blue Kelly. You yeah. know, if I were to take Cam on one, it would be over the kid from Stanford, Caillou Blue Kelly. That's who I would yes. replace if I was going to take Cam.
2: Yep. I would not touch a Garrett Wilson, yeah. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Williams would always be on my yeah. list. Caillou Blue Kelly is the guy that you can have a conversation yeah. with.
1: Yep. Yep. He would, he would be there. So we would definitely do two of the defensive linemen. We definitely do Brandon Joseph. Uh, and like I said, Cam Hart's in the conversation. I had to think about that one for a while, but I still mm-hmm. just, the, it's the proven nature of those other two kids. Yeah. Uh, over Cam. If by the end of the season, if Cam Hart is on my list, will, will we be shocked? No, absolutely. We not. won't be. <laughs> Just like if one of the Notre Dame linebackers is – I expect, actually, one of the Notre Dame linebackers to break out and be a guy that by the end of the year – because somebody mentioned – I think it was Robert Bishop said, hey, we should bring this list out in January. That actually would be really fun. we would probably do it in December because there's going to be more downtime. That would actually be a lot of fun. So I hope that you all remind us of that. But if I were to say – if I were to say, hey, by the end of the year, will one of the Notre Dame linebackers be on there? I'd say, yeah, probably. I think so. But they got to prove it. they got to prove it. J.D.'s got to prove to me he can play Mike. Maris has got mm-hmm. to prove to me he can stay healthy. You know, I yeah. mean, that's the big thing. Uh, and and, and it, it, But if Cam Hart has the year that I think he's going to have, I think he's going to end up being on this list. I do. But it's just I, I, a lot I, of projection for me.
2: I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, it is definitely projection. But, Brian, it's the most important part of the show. we got to do place kicker and punter. Who
1: you no. got? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. I'll tell you what, though, in all seriousness, though, that is one thing yeah. that, that if you look at Ohio State and you talk about the matchups and the different types of things. And I we I did a show on this the summer and uh, some Ohio State fans just lost their minds because I had made the case that if you just go position group by position group, I actually think Notre Dame has the edge in more position groups than Ohio State does. But I didn't do coaching. And I didn't do special teams. And I didn't talk. it wasn't a, like who's going to win the game It wasn't right. home field. It was just looking at the depth charts. Ohio State, I feel, if I'm an Ohio State person and it's going to come down to special teams right now, I feel way better, way better about where I'd be if I was Ohio State. You know, Mm -hmm. Noah Ruggles, he had 95, let me see, 95 kicks last year between Mm -hmm. PATs and field goals. He missed one. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, that's it. Missed one. And now, again, does he have a lot of long kicks? No, but give me a kid that's going to go 74 I mean, 94 of 95 and all of his kicks over the year. And I'll take that any day of the week. I don't, if I got if I got to win a game on a 55 yard field goal, then we had a whole lot of other problems in the first 59 and a half minutes. And we did with our place kicker, but he's uh-huh. a really steady kid. And then there, and and then their punter last year too, Jesse Mirko was a solid player. I mean, solid. And we, John Sot we got to see, we got to see what he can do. But those, those two guys would, would certainly be in there for me. Yep. So that's the list. And so if we were to do, if we were going to talk, talk about Notre Dame and their position groups, I don't I would take Notre Dame's offensive line over Ohio State or BYU for me. I definitely would for me. On the others, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Notre Dame's defensive line over Clemson's. I wouldn't take Notre Dame's linebackers over Clemson's, although by the end of the year that conversation may change. And right now I'm still going with with Clemson's secondary or Syracuse. Well, you know what? That's the one I want to have the conversation about. Yeah. Because Notre Dame has the best one-two punch in this conversation, and I don't think that's debatable because right. Garrett's better than Cam, but it's not nearly by significant of a margin as Brandon Joseph is over any of the safeties that they have.
2: Yes, it is a fascinating conversation. I just – Brian, like I wish I had a little bit of a forecast as far as like what the other two positions in Notre Dame second – like if they're just solid to good, it's like a, kind of mm-hmm. a no-brainer for me if I'm being yeah. completely honest, but you just – just too much volatility right now, man. Let me like, ask I'm you this like, question:
1: If you took yeah. out the bowl game, are we having mm-hmm. the same? Are you having the same hesitancy? A
2: little bit. I mean, still a little bit. I don't because, think you
1: would, because I don't. You <sighs> can't
2: remove from your head that was so bad. That game it was, was bad. so bad. If if I'll tell you this: If I was if I was sitting here today, and it was just one of like Ramon Henderson or Xavier Watts, one of those guys. Just took hold of the starting position not even talking about the other corner for a second i would be like yep give me notre dame secondary i get you it's just the uneasiness of like did anybody step up at those positions and that's just where i'm sitting and i'm just like even even the other corner spot it's like i hope clarence lewis is just playing such good football that nobody can unseat him but also i was kind of hoping that ryan barnes and a couple other guys would at least put more pressure on him you know and it just doesn't seem like that and that's what
1: we got to see right ryan we got to see okay uh is clarence starting because he made big improvements uh, sure you know i i did have somebody i did have a source text me today mm-hmm. that the secondary has had a great camp my here. response was i hope that's because of how good they're playing and not because the <laughs> receivers are struggling you know what i mean uh but we'll we'll have to see about that but i do think we're seeing more sharpening, sharp iron sharpening iron this year in fall camp and i think that that's a that's a big Cause last fall camp, the Notre Dame secondary dominated the Notre Dame receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we not, we knew why once the season started, but uh, I think the rec- offensive players are making more plays this year, but the secondary is still, you know, that's what people say. And again, we'll see, we'll see. Cause all that sounds great in fall camp, but I got to see it on a Saturday. I'm sorry. So I'm my thing hoping, is man. I am still going to go with Syracuse today, but I think by the end of September, We'll have a much better idea of whether or not that's going to continue, because you know, we're I, just talking about isolating the secondary. We're not talking about as a as part of a defense. We're just talking about the individual parts to that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. Now, here's a question for you: Where would you rank yeah. Notre Dame's backfield, quarterback, and running backs in this group? Because oh, you're very high on the Notre Dame. Well, but again, again, you're you just said you're projecting with a lot of players, right? I'm asking you to project yes. on this one. They're not in the conversation for number one. That's not even a. No. That's not even a, a, discussion. But moving forward, like after that, that's mm-hmm. where I think it gets interesting because I know you're very high on the Notre Dame running backs, and and I'm extremely high on Tyler Buckner as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, so if I'm looking at this this schedule, Ohio State obviously we've already talked about they're number mm-hmm. one. Southern Cal, I would give it to number two just because of the proven production.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Boston College, I would also give to. Then after that, I think that's where Notre Dame comes into play. So I guess the fourth spot would be where you have a conversation with a Syracuse, I guess, just because they have more proven production. I mean, they have Sean Tucker, who's sure. one of the best running backs. The, cor- in yeah, the last the,
1: yeah. The quarterback one. Here's here's the thing with Syracuse and BC that where I think we can yep. have a conversation. And we're not going to spend mm-hmm. too much time on this. We're going to go to the mailbag next and, and get out of here. We don't have many questions today, so our mailbag should be pretty quick. Yep. It's the depth that Notre Dame's running backs is where I go from. You have just mentioned the number one running back being better because of the yeah. proven production. And I don't disagree with that, but it's like, what happens if that guy goes down? Sure. Notre Dame is in a much better situation. And I think by the end of the year, I mean, I think by the end of the season, if I were to say, Hey, Ryan, Patrick Garwell was granted another year that, that, and BC proposed a trade, garwell straight up for audric Estime. would you take it i think the answer's going to be no i yeah it's probably gonna be no. right <laughs> just for the 2020 no. looking at the 2023 season but to yeah. your point that kid's got seven carries for 60 yards in his career patrick garwell's coming off a thousand yard season that's yes. the thing about this Notre Dame team that yes there's talent but there's a lot to prove there's a lot mm-hmm. to prove and how quickly are they going to get up to speed is going to determine just how good this football team is this year And this is why the idea that you floated out that someone
2: put in the chat earlier about bringing this back up in January is going to be fun, man. It's going to be really fun because then we'll get to see like, wow, now where would Notre Dame's guys rank in this group, right? Like just kind of knowing what we know type of thing. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because Tyler Buckner just affects the game. If he's the guy we think he is and he affects the game in just so many different ways. I mean, we're talking about the backfield, right? Right. I mean, the ability for him to r- as a runner is can't be
1: discounted in yeah. that
2: conversation too, you know? So yeah. it's interesting.
1: Yep, no doubt. So I think right now we agree one and two. Right now we mm-hmm. agree on that just because yep. the other thing about USC that's different from BC, and 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 I'm kind of circling back to the earlier argument where I was like, you know, BC and USC. I was looking at the starters, but I think that's also where I think USC separates themselves from Boston College is if, if Travis Dye goes down, they still have Some other Austin guys. Jones. They have Austin yeah. Jones. Still have other running backs. Whereas if Garwo mm-hmm. goes down, it's like I don't know what BC is going to do at that point in time. I,
2: I I don't I don't know who else BC has on the roster because yeah. I, I mean David Bailey transferred to Colorado State two years ago, right? right? So like
1: I don't know right. who they have. <laughs> so it's going to be it, that was a weird. He had a very weird descent as a player. Sure, did. really weird descent because in 2019 is the number two behind AJ Dillon, He looked really good. He did. He just got worse and worse and worse. And now it's And then he, fo- then he followed Adazio, and then now
2: he is in the air raid, I think, the Colorado State's yeah. running, right? Who they hire as their
1: new coach? It was
2: uh, the guy from the guy that was at Nevada. Um, okay. And, but he brought over a uh, Matt Mummy with him, Hal Mummy's okay. son. So they're running the air raid. Okay. So now he's, now I, he's I don't even air remember raid.
1: who their uh, football coach is.
2: It's, um, I can't remember his last name you're gonna quick. say it i'll be like oh, jay I norvell
1: know. took the colorado state yeah. job jay norvell really yep, norvell. okay because yep. you said nevada i was like i didn't know jay norvell left nevada
2: yeah that's Norvell left, and then he took he took matt mummy with him so matt mummy's okay. gonna be running that air raid over there
1: interesting so. that's yeah. wild that's why i actually um I, yeah, it's interesting very interesting i had a chance to meet jay norvell um back in the day he was i went to Uh, the Indianapolis Colts training camp. I knew a scout Mm -hmm. there at the time. So I went to their training camp and he was their receivers coach. So they let me into the, the, this was one of the most fun days of my life. They let me into their little film room. It's just a wall full of, I don't know what they're called. Like these little, like these like little uh, look like, like mini eight tracks (laughs) that you'd put in. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know. They weren't mini eight, uh, eight tracks. They were just like, they look like it. These like, they almost kind of look like Nintendo things. Right, but oh, you, oh uh, the cartridges
2: you know? or whatever. Yeah, and you like put yeah, it yeah, into the yeah. thing
1: and you'd watch the film, it was phenomenal. I'm some center just watching huh. just spent like three hours just sitting in the film room watching their film. It was a Rose Holman, it was when I was at uh, Wittenberg, so that was that was a lot of fun. God and so i was sitting there having breakfast and then peyton manning sat beside me and edger and james sits across me i'm like okay don't be that guy don't be that guy don't be don't, that guy don't be that guy don't talk to him <laughs> you know what edge. i mean so i just kept eating talking to the guy next to me yo what's <laughs> up Peyton? how you doing play <laughs> you know I was not gonna edge. be that guy. it's
2: the edge yeah <laughs> i'll say uh, this though you mentioned jay norvell i actually had a conversation i, I actually got to talk to matt mummy last year because mm-hmm. he had carson strong and all that type of stuff and um he is a strange
1: cat, man. I like him, but he's a yeah. strange, strange well, cat. Well, I mean, think yeah. about who his dad is. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: his dad's exactly. a strange dude, too, man. Sure is. His dad's a strange dude, too, so uh anyway but yeah that was that was the most awkward experience it's like because you know Peyton his paper and he wasn't being rude it's just like okay he doesn't know who I am and I'm like okay don't be that guy keep talking to the guy across from me. keep talking to the guy across from me. You know, just act, act, Omaha, be, cool. be cool man be cool be cool act <laughs> like you've been here before
2: so, so did, you, did you see his um the production stuff that he does now it's called yeah. Omaha Productions well we I wrote an
1: article um promoting yeah. the thing they do with Notre Dame because his production company reached out and said hey could you guys could you run a piece you know talking about this and I was like well I'd, I'd love to but like I haven't seen it yet, and I'm not going to write a yeah. a piece talking about how cool something is that I've never seen. I don't, that's not who we do, yeah. what we do. So they actually sent me a pre-screening of that thing that they did with Marcus Freeman. That's why I wrote the article. It was great. I loved it. I don't know mm-hmm. if you all have seen it. It was on ESPN Plus, uh, but it was really well done. It was like a 25-minute episode, and they packed fun. a lot of Notre Dame history into 25 minutes, man. It was sure, really yeah. well done. I, I think I, I sent it to you to watch really well done. So if you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. So, um, that, that is kind of where we're at. So that's going to do it for this part of the show, Ryan, hit that like button, everybody hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell and share this podcast.